Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Epic Podcast. Introducing your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Podcast, Episode 8. I'm your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Dude, what's the matter? What do you mean? You just sound different. Oh, right. <clears throat> and I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Much better. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to cover all kinds of topics, both nerdy and not so nerdy. Uh, but, uh, but for right now, let's do a bit of a catching up. Schaefer, the Dark Lord, you've had a very busy month, oh, March. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You just got back from uh, South by Southwest, right? Okay. I went to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, yeah. music festival. Yeah. I've gone for a number of years now. Yes, you have. I went down there. I had a great show. Yeah. I saw some great shows. I saw Ghetto Boys and Ultramagnetic MCs with Cool Keith and... Zebra Cats featuring Ingina, uh, <laughs> Red Fox. I had a great time. I had a really great time in Austin, Texas. But really, who cares? Oh. <laughs> I do. I live vicariously through your uh, life experiences. I understand that. But Lugo, you're familiar with the expression, the elephant in the room, oh, correct? Oh, dear. Yeah. I feel like there's something more important that has happened in this past month. Yeah. That is far more important than me getting drunk in Texas, waggling my finger and rapping about cats to a bunch of nerds. So let me ask you, Lugo. Yeah. What's new with you? Oh dear. I don't even know where to begin. I guess I guess I'm just gonna say it. Um I I have cancer. <sighs> yeah. It's <laughs> I hate to start the podcast on such a downer. But if you don't then our four listeners are going <laughs> right. to think to themselves, why aren't they talking about this? It's been all over Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, been, um, I've been in the hospital for 20 days. I was diagnosed 
with uh, testicular cancer. A particular and, strand? Is it? Um, yeah, I, I don't rem- I don't recall the name right. I think it's, uh, it's got. It sounds like a like a very. It sounds like an Indian name, like a na- like a Native American name, like Susquehanna or Sac or Sacaj- It sounds like that. I'll, I'll I'll put it on the show notes and I'll I'll make links to you know specific diagnoses. But I have a very specific strain of testicular cancer, which is oddly enough good news um, because it's uh, one of the uh, uh, types of cancer that is not only treatable but absolutely curable. That's terrific. Um, so uh, the prognosis looks good. Um, I've started my first round of chemotherapy and I have three more rounds of chemotherapy. So I'm going to be dealing with this for another four to five months, give or take. And um, after that, this will be basically in six months, this will be an unpleasant memory. And a year from now, you know, this will be one of those like, you know, dark jokes I tell, you know, when (laughs) to make the room uncomfortable. Uh, So if you're getting chemo treatments, does this yeah. mean that, that your treatment is not going to require any sort of invasive surgery? That is correct. I don't need evasive, uh, invasive surgery. Uh, that was one of the possible options. But, uh, but uh, my, my oncologist and all of my doctors, and I have a small army of doctors. Actually, I would imagine. They all seem to think that this is the best uh, possible uh, treatment for me, which is odd. Like, I'm not going to lose a testicle. Um, but after the treatment, I'm go. there's a 90% chance I'm going to be sterile. So I, it's, I, it's like, I get, I get to keep the guns, but I get no bullets. Basically the, my, my balls will be decorative. Um, which means I can probably put anything in there. Really? Uh, confetti, confetti, like 20 sided dice, Mike and Ike's. <laughs> oh man. I could go for some Mike and Ike's. Pop rocks. Right? Oh no. I don't want any pop rocks near bodily fluids that well, just... you could make for a really fun new year's true true yeah now, um, now tell me this you say you have three more rounds of chemo to go yeah my... what is a round of chemo okay a round well i call it a round of chemo i'm sure there's more technical jargon but a round of chemo is essentially five days of of chemotherapy and what that is is uh getting several bags of chemicals intravenously introduced into my system pumped in through a port in your chest yes i got a a port surgically implanted into my chest which is essentially a little titanium um reservoir that has a rubber diaphragm on top of it and there's a tube leading from the uh, titanium reservoir into a ventricle in my heart so basically the chemicals or a majority of the chemicals go straight into my heart the reason being if they were to intravenously introduce that into, say, a vein in my arm, the, <laughs> the chemotherapy is so toxic that um, my arm would blister and burn as a result of receiving wow. it. Wow. Yeah. The reason why my, it doesn't internally is because internal organs don't have nerve endings. And so it's, you know, uh, um, it, it gets introduced faster into my system that way and safer. Basically. You know, we actually learned that last month. That's that's right. Doctor Eviler told us that the brain has no nerve endings, so you can't. It doesn't have pain receptors. Right. It has it has zero pain receptors, uh, as most of the um, major organs of the body. So one round then is is just a single treatment. Right. And you go in and you have a bag of chemicals well, pumped no. into your hell port. No. Basically, it's five days. 
Five days is one round. Five days is one round. So, so um, every day for five days, I get several bags of chemicals. And now that you're out of the hospital, you go to your doctor's clinic. That's the plan. Um, uh, uh, basically, uh, the, the plan is to, uh, which I'm not, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work. Um, I have an appointment next week with my, um, my main oncologist, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about what that is and what that's going to look like. But it's entirely possible that I'm going to get treatment and then get to go home at the end of it. But it's a five-hour process. So it's, wow. not like, it's not like I get to do anything else that day. Does it just take – it takes that long to pump the chemicals in? Well, yeah, well, because there's a lot of bags. Like the first bag I get is essentially uh, nutrients. It's like magnesium, potassium, and a bunch of other things just to sort of fortify my body because they're about to do some major damage to it. The second bag I get is um, – and that's introduced through my arm. Um, the next bag I get is nausea medication, which luckily um, I have avoided all of the nausea horror stories. I've been getting stories from people who've uh, gone through chemotherapy, and the number one thing that everybody talks about is the debilitating nausea that everybody mm-hmm. experiences. I've, I've experienced zero nausea because of this medication that they're giving me. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Um, the next bag I get is a bag of steroids, which again is just to fortify my body for what strengthen about, you up for what the, the poison they're about to put the in poison that. they're about to put in my body. Yes. Then, um, then I get two bags of chemo. The first bag, um, takes an hour to drip into my system. The second bag takes two hours to drip into my system. And then there's a third bag, which is just essentially sugar water, um, which is to flush um, my system for, you know, uh, making sure that there's something else in there other than just toxic chemicals, sure. basically. Um, and <laughs> the good news is, is that medical science is advancing all the time. So the treatment that I'm getting wasn't now is not, wasn't even available, say like a year ago to somebody in, in my same condition. Um, but the chemo is worse than the cancer. And they kind of have to do it that way. In order to kill something as horrible as cancer, you have to create a treatment that's twice as horrible than cancer. And the chemicals don't, they're not intelligent. They can't distinguish between healthy tissue and cancerous tissue. They're just on a war path. They're they're just a a swarm of wasps. Yeah, basically, they're just going through there and they are damaging almost every cell in my body to some extent. The, the hope is, or rather what, what, sci- what the medical science has, has sort of um, determined, is that the cancer cells are going to deteriorate faster than my healthy cells. So that by the end of, the, by the end of my chemo, um, by the end of my fourth session, there'll be no more cancer cells. And then the healthy cells will just take time to rebuild and get healthy again. Um, but yeah, they're basically filling my body with poison five days a week um, for... The next few months. And this is why most patients tend to experience extreme nausea. Oh, more than that. It's, I mean, there's a, uh, there's an 80% chance that I'm going to lose all my hair. Right. Um, there's a, a significant chance. Well, I'm definitely going to be um, sterile at the end of this. Right. Uh, well, I have a 90%. I'm a te- I have a 10% chance of not being sterile. So I guess I'll hold on to that for whatever the hell that's worth. Um, there's uh, a chance of me... Uh, um, getting blurred vision, um, being uh, suffering from major um, uh, vertigo, like just having dizzy spells, things like that. There's also, <laughs> I chuckled when the doctor told me this, there's also a chance 
that the that the cure that they're giving me might give me leukemia. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, it's less than one percent. It's like a point six percent chance that. I could develop leukemia as a result of this treatment. And there's damn good odds. I'll put money on that in Vegas any day of the week. Sure, I would too. Yeah, so um, the likelihood of me developing leukemia is so remotely minute, it, it, uh, the benefits outweigh the, 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 um, the, the uh, outcomes. So now how many rounds of leukemia do you have to have and how many have you already undergone? Um, my doctor said at least four. At least four. Um, I've done one round. Okay. And so uh, the plan is to wait two weeks for my body to heal, essentially, and then go back and do five more days. Okay. And then wait two weeks, five more days, and then... Continue. Right. And then at the end of the fourth one, you know, he'll make a determination based on, you know, uh, probably another biopsy or probably um, more, more, more than likely CAT scans uh, to see if there is any cancerous tissue left. Sure. You know, um, my hope is that I beat this in four rounds. Um, if not, then we'll go to a fifth round. I think that's everybody's hope. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to die from this. That's given. Um, there's there's some wood over there. What do you mean? There's some wood over there. Oh, I'm not going to knock it. All right, fine. Okay. Knock the wood. I'm not going to die from this because I'm getting treatment. You know, the, even the treatment, the reason why I went to the hospital is because I thought I had appendicitis. Right. You had a terrible stomach ache for I had, days. Oh, God. I had... I had the most debilitating stomach ache I've ever had in my entire life. It was bad. En- I, clearly it was. It was bad enough that you went to the emergency room. Yeah. Um, well, it was weird. Do you want to hear the whole story? Sure. All right. So I wake up Thursday morning with a mild tummy ache. And I just thought... Tummy ache. You're so adorable. Well, yeah. It was a little tummy ache. And I just thought I was hungry. So, you know, I went out and I, I got... To, and I ate something. But it kept getting worse. And so I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I have some kind of like indigestion cramping thing. So I got some, some over-the-counter medication. I took that, took a nap, decided, you know what, let me just sleep this off. It got, I woke up, it was worse. I thought maybe I had, then I, then I convinced myself that this was probably some kind of like 24 hour thing. Let me just, let me just go to bed and, uh, uh, tomorrow I'll be fine. I try to get some sleep. I wake up. The pain wakes me up around 1 a.m. to the point where I was doubled over, sweating, shaking, and crying. I check my, I check my handy-dandy pocket computer, and uh, I, I, I look up uh, lower right abdominal pain. And the first word that comes up is appendicitis. And I say, fuck that. That's what killed Houdini. I'm not going out like that immediately call the car, got myself to the hospital. They rushed me in. They gave me morphine, which was so good. <laughs> so good after being in pain all day long. Um, and they ran a battery of tests. And the reason why it, it, it took a week for me to get my diagnosis because they didn't know what the fuck I had. At first I thought it was appendicitis. Then, you know, one test came up and they saw I had, I had an elevated white blood cell count. And then I got another test that said I had, um, you know, I had some kind of like uh, polyps growing near my spine. And then they said all kinds of things. None of it was cancer um, until, and the thing is, it's so confusing because I wasn't showing any of the signs or symptoms that you would associate with this. Like I, I hadn't lost any weight dramatically. Like I hadn't, you know, uh, um, I, I wasn't feverish or nauseous or dizzy or anything. I just kind of walked in with a tummy ache. 
And finally, they gave my, my chart to an oncologist and said, here, take a look at this. He gave me a physical examination. <laughs> he came in. He checked all my lymph areas and stuff. And, he, you know, he gave me a nice, he gave me a checker on my testicle area. And he's like, okay, that's good. And then he tests the other one. He's like, whoa. You know, you know it's a bad day at the office when the doctor goes, whoa. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even noticed this, but like one testicle was three times the size of the other one. You hadn't noticed that. I hadn't noticed it. Because, you know, I was in pain. I'm so, well, you're such an overshare on the internet. I figured you would have <laughs> tweeted about that. <laughs> OMG, you guys. One of my balls is three times bigger than the other one. That sounds like a tweet that you would post. I Well, here's the thing. When I'm touching my balls, I'm not really feeling for size. You know what I mean? No, you're feeling for recreation. Exactly. Um, and so he immediately ordered a biopsy. Which the biopsy was a, was loads of fun. I'd never had a biopsy before, and it's if you've never had the back of your stomach touched from the inside Gross. while you're awake, that's an experience. Wow. Um, and so they biopsy, and it took a long time because biopsies, particularly my biopsy, that's not done with a computer. That's real people with real microscopes staining real tissue. Right. Um, so. Uh, it took a long, long time because my oncologist ordered a battery of stains and each stain brings back new information. And uh, so finally, after about a week of being in the hospital, he tells me I have testicular cancer, which was good news because the other option was a type of lymphoma, which is bad news. Yeah. So it was a weird time where all week long I'm rooting for testicular cancer. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember you were like, ball cancer, ball cancer, ball cancer. (laughs) And I was like, I never thought I would see the day when my best friend is actually almost praying for (laughs) testicular cancer. Right. Because, like I said, testicular cancer is treatable and curable. Lymphoma, not so much. Yeah, it seems Uh, to be a little bit more grim of an outlook. Yes. It's, you know, it's one of the, I don't, I don't, I I don't know a lot about what I have just yet. I'm still learning and I'm going to be an expert by the end of this, obviously. Of course. But yeah, lymphoma is, is, I don't know if lymphoma is one of the deadlier ones, but it's definitely up there in the problematic ones. Yeah. Um, and th- that would probably require radiation as well. I'm lucky that I, all I need is chemo. Yeah. Um, if I, if, if I needed radiation, I don't know what the fuck I would do. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, 20 days later, I was in the hospital for 20 days and uh, Getting all kinds of meds, um, getting all kinds of chemotherapy, and being treated wonderfully well. And I want to give a shout out to all of the doctors and nurses over at Mount Sinai and Astoria, Queens, because they did a stellar job and just were absolutely fantastic and supportive of me and, and, and my condition. And I just really loved uh, that hospital. Oh man, that nursing staff. Every time I went over to visit, they were so nice. Oh and, yeah. And yeah. they, and look, they all spoke very highly of you. I think they were, <laughs> I think, look, mo- look, a lot of the patients in most hospitals and specifically that hospital, sure. it's, it's pretty grim. It's pretty bleak. Uh, all of your roommates I saw in the time that you were there, uh, were all in pretty bad shape. Yeah. Whereas they benefited from having a man of showbiz in their midst <laughs> for 20 days because you just had this like sort of like playful rapport with all of them and you were cracking jokes and you're a lot of fun to be around. Look, yeah. look, just milk this. You're, oh, you're not going to get a lot of this from me. That's for, true. That's you true. are a lot of fun to be around. And I would imagine as a patient in a hospital for the nursing staff, uh, you were probably really pleasant. One well, of, I almost got in a fist fight with one of your nurses because she was like, oh, I, she saw me walking down the hall and look, I was probably stoned and I had sunglasses on. 
<laughs> and she was like, oh, you must be here to see Nelson. And I'm like, How on earth would you know that? Why? Yes, I am. She's like, oh, Nelson's my buddy. And I was like, no, Nelson's my buddy. Uh, and then I knifed her. And no, that's I didn't actually visit you that day because I ran because I was afraid. No, you didn't knife out. anybody. Um, you know what? I went out of my way. I don't know why, actually. I think it was like an unconscious thing. I went out of my way to really be grateful to all of the nurses and nurses' aides. Well, and what do you mean you don't know why? They were really nice to you. They took well, really good care of you. No, that's, I know. You don't know why. You were just well, like, you were showing them your appreciation. Well, I'm generally a please and thank you kind of guy, but I think I, I, I felt like I wanted or needed, I don't know, uh, to do go the extra mile, you know what I mean, and make them laugh and make them smile. and Because these these people have shit jobs, and they're dealing with people at the worst time in their lives. True. You know, and sometimes that life can just wear someone down. And, you know, I didn't want I didn't want to be another statistic there. And I really wanted, you know, I really wanted to let them know that I really appreciated what they were doing for me. And so anytime anybody came in to visit, you know, not visit with me, but like check on me, I would try to make them laugh. And, you know, uh, I really made some, I don't know if I made any friends there per se, but I definitely bonded with a lot of them. And um, I'm, you know, absolutely, absolutely grateful for everything they did for me. I am also very grateful for yeah. everything they did for you. Yeah. I even had to take, I, look, I didn't really knife that nurse. I know you did. Um, I did. I did have a moment with her. Like uh, one of the last times I visited you, I had a moment yeah. when I left and I, I saw her because I saw her there a couple of times when I came to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of took her aside and thanked her for taking oh. care of my best friend. Oh. And then I tried to get her number because, man, she was cute. I know. Right. Ooh, good Lord. Good gravy. <laughs> good That's what gra- I do. I wait for my best friend to get sick with cancer. Right. And then I'm like. Oh, this opens up a whole new dating pool. The greatest wingman that ever was. Ever. <laughs> Cancer? Cancer. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, all in all, um, considering, considering the bad hand I've been dealt, I mean, all in all, I've, I'm, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, your spirits have been yeah. remarkably high during the whole thing. Well, I try. I mean, I have my moments. I mean, I've been, there were times in the hospital where I just kind of lost it. Sure. Because the reality of the situation was just too much for me. Sure. You know, and... Even even as they were wheeling, like the last day, as they were wheeling me out, I started crying like uncontrollably. I, and, and to be honest, I don't know why. Because I was kind of happy to be leaving the hospital, but at the same time, I'm going home with cancer. So it's, it's been up and down. It's been really, uh, uh, I hate this phrase. It's been an emotional roller coaster for me. Um, but I'm, really, I'm, tr- I'm doing my best to keep my spirits up. Um, it's not easy all the time, but it's it's... It's, <laughs> I guess we kind of have to talk about this. The overwhelming amount of support that I've gotten, uh, particularly online, is, I think, <laughs> undeserved. But uh, oh, come it's on. overwhelming. It's too much. It's too much. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to deal with all of this sort of outcry of goodwill <laughs> and... It's too much. Perhaps you should just recognize that it's alien, that it's different for you, that it's, it, it is a behavior, it is a treatment that you are receiving en yeah. masse yeah. from a large part of both your personal community and as, as well as a lot of strangers from the internet yeah. that you are receiving that you're not used to receiving. It's not, At it's, all. It's not unwarranted. It's not undeserved. Well, People hope- care about you, dude. Yeah. And you just haven't had a situation where you have needed to – where this sort of outpouring of support has been warranted before. So yeah. it's not unwarranted. You deserve it because you've brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. Yeah, and- but I've also, I've also, 
I also have a lot of detractors. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of people who we, I don't see eye to eye with. You know, right? And, and even those people are showing their support. I know. <laughs> I am uncomfortable with the amount of support that I'm getting, and I don't know what I don't know how to process it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what to do with it. Um, you don't really have to do anything with it. You don't owe anybody any, you, you know, you don't have to like write a bunch of thank you cards. Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to be gracious. I mean, I thank them and I, I acknowledge them when I can. I think that's all you have to do. <sighs> and, and at least, and take some solace in the fact that you are supported and loved by uh, a great number of people. Uh, that's all you have to do. <laughs> Blarg. I know you have a hard time with that. I have. A- You're so self-loathing. Well, I don't know if I'm self-loathing, but you are self-loathing. Shut up. Shut your fucking face. You know up. what? You know what? And here, let me say this as, as an aside. <laughs> it's unfortunate that you're not experiencing intense uh, nausea that a lot of people get with chemo. Why? Because that would make you such a great candidate uh, for medicinal marijuana. Well, you know what? Even though I'm not experiencing the, the sort of debilitating nausea, I am experiencing lots of other things. Oh, good. Medicinal marijuana. <laughs> So I just want to say to our audience, in case I haven't mentioned this before, uh, Nelson Lugo, um, one of his one of the stats that would be on the back of his trading card (laughs) would be the fact that he has never used an illegal drug. Not even one time. Not even one time. Not even once. Not even like he tried it like he was in college and some friends were like listening to the Pink Floyd in their hotel room. And he was like, I'll take it off that weed. And then he was like, "Mm, that's not for me. No, not even one time. Not even one time. Which. Never been curious. Really. Just never been curious. Not even been curious. Never. It's past the point. It was like, I guess that's the thing I'm not going to do. Yeah. Which just should really, really underscore how ironic his closest (laughs) friendship is. Because it's with me. Old Johnny Substance Dumpster. <laughs> and I've been trying for years to get him to like... Half tr- man, half, half drugs. Half man, half drugs. That's me, Shape of the Dark Lord. Uh, and I've been trying for years because I'm always like, Lugo, you are such a candidate yeah. for being a pothead because... Uh, you say because, this, Because, but, let me tell you why. Because right. you're grumpy all the time. You, well, sp- you spend... Shut up. You gotta let me get to this list. You're grumpy all the time. You spend most of your time playing video games right. and eating crappy food. And look, those are the calling cards of potheads. I'm grumpy. Now I smoke weed. Oh my God. Now that shit doesn't matter. So let's play Metal Gear and eat Doritos. Wow. And you are just the perfect candidate for it and you've never done it. And I've, I haven't really pressured you. I've offered you lots of times. You're right. like, I've got really bad asthma in my lungs. I'll make you some goddamn brownies. And you're just like, so now I, there was a part of me that was like, oh, he's going to come out of this and he's going to be in chemo. Well, and he's going to be really nauseous. And they always say that, like the medicinal weed that like helps people with their nausea and gives them their appetite back. Oh, this is my chance. This is my opportunity to turn Nelson Lugo into a pilot. Also, you're coming off of a like 20 day morphine <laughs> bender. So and you liked it. That was kind of fun seeing you oh, in the hospital yeah. full of Oxycontin and morphine. Yeah. And your eyes are all glossed over and you're confused. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's like the Nelson Lugo that I thought I was going to get on Christmas Day one year. The one who would get all fucked up and be stupid with me. Yeah. Um. So, well, I got I have two. I have two things to say. One. Having been someone who's never taken an illegal drug, morphine and oxycodone is awesome. (laughs) 
It is so fucking awesome. Oh my god, I was gonna pull the fucking I was gonna pull the tube out of your out of your arm and just <laughs> suck it. Just suck the morphine right out of the bag. I I can't believe how good that shit is. And I was in severe pain. Yeah. So, I mean severe pain. And it took it took my doctors about five days to finally figure out my pain management. And in between that, between, so in those five days, I'm getting like a weird cocktail of like morphine, oxycodone and this and that, and just all at the same time. And I can only, and it felt so good. And it's like, I can only imagine what that shit feels like when I'm not in pain, when there's actually nothing wrong with me. Well, I can assure you that weed doesn't feel like um, that. Well, no, obviously not. But, but it's it's still pretty grand. Well, I'm a, the second thing I have to say is, okay. and I'm going to say this on air. What? So that uh, you can call me out on it if I if I deny it. I am in, I am in a better position now to be negotiated with than I ever have been in my entire life. O M G. <laughs> because I'm not. I'm not experiencing severe nausea, but uh-huh. I am experiencing nausea. Huh. I'm not experiencing any real pain, but I do ache. You okay. know what I mean? Um, I, my stomach hurts all the time sure. from hunger, but I can't actually eat anything. Oh. So. Wait, you can't eat because of the, the regimen, because of the medical no, regimen? Or do you just, just, you just don't have the appetite? I just, I mean, I don't, I mean. The appetite. I'm sure if I could, if I could force food down my throat. Oh, if only there were something that would make you hungry. <laughs> so I, I'm in a better position now in my life than I ever, ever have been or ever will be to uh, discuss the possibility of some kind of cannabis solution. Wow. You know what? I, that, uh, that said, let me just say, since you're just putting stuff out there yeah. and I'm just putting stuff out right. there, I've got a fresh batch of some crusher brownies in my fridge <laughs> right now. And I'm not kidding. They're way better than that stuff I made over Christmas. I made these and it's the, it's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I swear to God, we'll put on Pink Floyd's first side of dark side of the moon will cue it up with the wizard of oz and you'll get to catch up on all those college experiences that you missed out by being a teetotaling little theater dork uh, uh we could talk about that off uh off uh oh off and recording. and we're going to oh, i'm sure we will anyway um but i do want to say as a public service announcement yeah if you are over the age of 30 and under the age of 40, please, for the love of all that is good and wholesome in this world, go to the hospital, go to your doctor, go to a clinic, get yourself checked. It's a very, very simple procedure. If, if, if anyone hearing my, if any male is hearing my voice and I can get one of them to go to the clinic to catch it early, then I feel like I've done that. What I'm going through is worth something. Please go out there, get yourself checked. It's a simple procedure. It's curable. It's treatable. If you catch it early, it's it's almost nothing. But please go get yourself checked. That is a million dollars worth of free advice for you, uh, yeah. gentlemen out there. Please, it's please um, get yourself screened for testicular cancer, testicular uh, cancer, colon cancer. While you're at it, for, yeah. for some of us who are of if you're even if, more uh, heightened <laughs> ages. Well, yeah. If you're if you are approaching forty or above or thirty five and above, go get your colon checked. It's, yep. it's not that hard. Nope. It's a very, very simple procedure. It's kind of fun. It's, 
<laughs> what? It is. Uh, here's here's the thing, folks. Uh, you know, I cancer was the last thing on the list that I thought would ever be a part of my life. I literally, on the long list of things that I thought would sort of derail me, cancer wasn't even on the list. In fact, I thought I would be dead by asthma by now. So it's, do yourself a, do yourself a favor, go to the hospital, get checked. If, it's, if you're fine, then you never have to worry about it. But if there's something there, if you, all cancer, and here's the truth of it, all cancer, doesn't matter what it is, all cancers can be cured and can be treated if you catch it early. The longer the wait, the harder it is. It's that simple. So, And that's your PSA from yeah. Nelson Lugo. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that testicular cancer is about as ubiquitous as breast cancer. True. And it's just that nobody's really talking about it in the way that breast cancer is. And, you know, guys got to start talking about it. We got to talk, talk about our balls. We got to talk about, you know, if they're healthy or not. And because that, because if, because your testicular cancer will turn into lymphoma and that is not something you want. No, no, but that's it. Yeah. I've basically Nelson has cancer and um, I'm doing my best to, you know, treat it. And- well, all of that said, I'm, I think it's unfortunate that you've had uh, an unpleasant month dealing with all of this. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I can't, uh, I can't even express how grateful I am that you are still with us. Well, and that you. and that this was caught early enough in time that I wouldn't have to be having a much more difficult <laughs> conversation <laughs> with a bunch of strangers. So, well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, I caught it early. Yeah. And that's good news. And that's that's I'm going to I'm going to hold on to that. And, um, you know, six six months from now. Like I said, this will just be an unpleasant memory. Oh, no. Six months from now, you'll be dead, but it'll be from a sword fight in which I win. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show that too. Look, I placed the stones in the circle of twelve. I recited the curse of the ancients, and that's what I got. Nelson Lugo, dead in six months by my blade. Uh you know what? That's actually on my list of things that were gonna derail me. Cool. <laughs> um now I'm assuming that while you were in the hospital, yeah. you passed your time, um you had to entertain yourself. Oh fuck yes. I so- want to talk about this. Um I bought myself a Kindle Fire. Uh, HD, uh, about, about, I guess going on two months now mm-hmm. and, um, oh, little did I know how useful this little thing was going to be. I read, I, I started reading Dune on it and <laughs> I got, I'm 33% of the way through. I'll get through it guys. Don't worry. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and then, but, but then I, I landed in the hospital and I discovered comicsology. Oh, comicsology. You had been one of those guys. Who'd said many times, I don't read single issues anymore. I only read trades. Well, So you didn't know what was going on in any of your favorite books until, no. say, several months after six issues had been finished. Well, I mean, I wasn't indignant about it. It's more of a practical thing. Like, I live in a tiny place. No, I, don't... I only use the indignant voice to... So to show that that was a different that was speaking as a different character. <laughs> I see. You so you hear you were me. doing it for you were doing it for financial reasons. You were like, I don't, I just don't have the money. Well, money and space and space. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's mostly space. I just don't have the space to collect single issues anymore. But you'll pick up the trades when they go. So I'm. I was constantly now. I just you know in the past year I'd start and get got back into comics yeah. and got back into single yeah. issues. So I'm reading all these things and I'd always want to be like, oh my god, Lugo, the things that happened this month in Batman. You'd be like, I, 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 I read trades, so right. then I'd have to sit there and wait for you to catch up, right. like a whole season later. But Comicsology on my Kindle has changed that for you. Oh my God, it is the greatest thing in the world. Being in that hospital 
as lovely as everybody was treating me, as, as great as the care as I was getting, was still pre- very lonely and very, uh, uh, can be overbearing at times emotionally. Comicsology allowed me to read all of my favorite comic books, single issues, anytime I wanted. Anytime. Which I imagine is kind of a complicated thing because on one hand, look, we all know that your religion, the closest thing you have to religion is Batman. Fuck yeah. So now having your Kindle fire and having tons of free time as you're just in a hospital eating cream corn that you are able to catch up on all of your Batman books. So here on one hand, you're like, oh, thank God I have this device that delivers all individual issues of Batman to me. Yes. In my hospital bed, I can catch up. Yes. On the other hand tragedy strikes oh. your Batman universe. So that's a lot for you to process at once. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a very emotional 20 days. It, it was, again, I hate this phrase. I hate it so much. But it's a, it was very much an emotional roller coaster on many, many levels. Uh, and I kind of feel <laughs> that that appropriately sets up this month's guest. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. What are we going to do? We're going to take a quick break. Sure. We're going to come back. Right. We're going to bring in this month's guest. Right. And we're going to talk about the material that you read in your hospital bed. Fuck yeah. And uh, all other and, and, and all things related. Yes. To those particular stories. How's that sound? Sounds fantastic. Wonderful. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in a moment. Our guest on the podcast this month is the site editor of Newsarama.com, back making his second appearance with us. Please welcome to the program, Lucas Siegel. Woo-woo! The crowd goes crazy! The crowd goes crazy. The crowd is Nelson Lugo. Oh, I heard it over there. I heard, I heard the roar of the crowd. Welcome back, Take Lucas. Take it off! No, what? no, it's not God, that kind that of podcast. Weird. It's not that kind of podcast. You've already been here. You should know the rules by now. Welcome back to the show, Lucas. Yes, my pants are already off. <laughs> oh, dear. I know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do, how, do we, how, do we, how do you want to get into this, buddy? I, I, think, I think when I asked Lucas to come out on the show, yeah. I believe in the text I said, Lucas, we need to talk about Damien. <laughs> A lot has happened. You know, well, the last time you were here, uh, it was before Death of the Family had launched. Right. 
Uh, although clearly you already knew how it was going to play out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mentioned this a couple of times. You know. Interesting. Some of the some of the teasers, some of the little like um, uh, wonderful little nuggets that you dropped last time you were here are starting to finally sh- show up and play out. So I thought it was. I thought it, I think it's just great that you're here to help uh, help us wrap up that storyline exactly. and and talk about what's next for not only the Batman franchise but DC in general. So. Uh, the podcast has continuity now. It's true. <laughs> you know, and, and so the, we're not the ones delivering spoilers. We, we're going to assume that if you're listening to this, uh, you have, have been following the Batman books recently. If yeah. not, uh, a major event has happened following Death of the Family. And since I don't want to be the one to deliver spoilers, Lucas, why don't you tell the audience what recently happened? Well, you know, it's so funny about like not wanting to give spoilers to this particular storyline since DC announced the the actual event in question on the Monday before the book came out, and then um, put it on the cover of the comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, but not necessarily a spoiler, since you couldn't buy the issue anywhere for over so, a week, it seemed, because it sold out everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, very clearly, DC wanted you to know, going into Batman Inc. number eight, that Damian Wayne was dying. And he did. He, <sighs> he did, did actually die in Batman Inc. number eight. Yep. And uh, according to Grant Morrison, he's dead. He's dead at the very least for the rest of Grant Morrison's run. And um, anyone hoping for a happy ending for Damian Wayne is going to be sorely disappointed. I, I am both I'm, I'm, I'm both happy and sad about that. One, um, I'm happy because I, I don't really like the MacGuffin of the Lazarus Pit. I think it's overused. That, I think... that will be dealt with in the next issue. Good. What? What do you mean dealt with? Well, hold on. Let me let me finish my thought. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Batman Inc. number nine will deal with the Lazarus Pit problem. I, I think I think yeah, the Lazarus Pit problem is As just... well as the cloning problem. Ooh, yeah. good. Oh, good. All right. Good. That was good. gonna be the next one. That, that was another sort of like it's a, the, the Batman mythos has always gotten away with some really questionable storylines using Lazarus Pits. And it's just it's just one of those it's 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 the Deus des Machina of Batman, and I'm just I and I wanted to make sure that that was out of the way. And I'm glad I'm glad Grant Morrison is putting a cap on that. Yep. It makes me sad though because I fucking love Damian Wayne. I loved him so much. It's like he's a little psychopath who could, you know. He's like he's, he's like he's the he's a little I don't know terror that you want to root for. He's I don't I know. know. I I said when I started reading the New Fifty Two, and specifically when I started reading. The Batman and Robin book, that title specifically, which is my favorite of the Batman books currently. Yeah, Pete right. Tomasi has done an amazing oh, job. It's... And, and remember that Pete Tomasi was editing Batman when Grant introduced Damian Wayne. Oh, really? In the original continuity? So the original, I mean, Damian Wayne is Grant Morrison's baby. And originally, the first person that he would even allow to write him other than himself was... Tomasi was Pete Tomasi. Sure, oh, yeah, yeah. Hand off the reins, yeah. Yeah, I, I said I, you know, the the Batman and Robin book has been my favorite of the Batman books of the New Fifty Two, and Damian Wayne, I have said controversially, is <laughs> is my favorite Robin to date. Uh, I feel in the short amount of time that he was given in this New Fifty Two, I don't know. Dick Grayson puts out more on a date, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's a better one to date. You know, Damien's 12. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you like dating 12-year-olds? No, I, I'm saying I don't want a 12-year-old to put out on a date. Uh, well, I'm glad you cleared that up for our listeners. Thank you. God, I'm so glad I said yes. that out loud in yeah. case there was any question. Finally. Yeah, Tim Drake is still my number one, although you know the what? new 52 Tim Drake is... The new 52 Tim Drake, I don't... 
It's not that, it's not that I don't like him. I don't know. There it's, isn't much of him there. It's, it's that I don't like him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he's if he's not well written or he doesn't have much of a of a personality stand on his own. Yes. Yes. Um. I, oh, I just don't know. Like, like uh, uh, Dick Grayson is fantastic. I love Dick Grayson in the New Fifty Two. Um, even Jason Todd. I love Jason Todd in New Fifty Two. Uh, Damian Wayne is fucking fantastic in the New Fifty Two. Uh, yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah, he was. He but, was. But to, but Tim Drake. I, he's very nebulous. There, there hasn't it's been too, anything. Yeah, there laid was like for him. Yet. Yeah, he's like he's too milk toast. He's too. He's too homogenous. He kind of he blends in too much. Maybe there's one too many Robins. I don't know, but um. well, there goes that problem. <laughs> now, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, though, Schaefer. I, I think Damien Wayne has been a wholly unique Robin uh, compared to anyone else that's ever held the role, and and has to be because of his parentage. Um, yeah, and yeah. because he became Robin with another Batman. And I think that's a big part of his, you know, the fact that he really he really started operating as Robin full time when Dick Grayson was under the cowl, and oh, that's yeah. that's how it kicked off. Right. And it was that was Batman and Robin. It was Dick Grayson and it was Damian Wayne, and I, I will miss their relationship even more uh, than I'll miss Damian's relationship. Absolutely. With Bruce and what, I, I was and just mentioning it Bruce. earlier. I, the, the dynamic between Grayson and. Uh, and Damien is so beautiful. It's, 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 it's a wonderful, like older brother, younger brother relationship. And, um, particularly like in that storyline where Damien set out to beat up all the Robins to prove a point. And he, 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 he marched up to Dick and Dick's like, dude, we're not going to fight here. Just take, take the cowl. Just, I don't care. <laughs> you're, you're, you're okay. Don't yeah. worry about it. It yeah. feels like the, it feels like the, the writer of, uh, Batman Inc. Grant the, Morrison. That's all right. <laughs> There's a lot of names to remember. This is the seems... this is the uh, culmination of Grant Morrison's okay. full six years with with the Batman. I, it, I feel he missed that relationship too because there was that line of dialogue that was placed in Batman Inc. Number Eight, oh. where where Damien says to Grayson, "You know, Grayson, you were my favorite partner of all." Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, tearjerker moment for me. Yeah, because yeah. I'm reading that and I'm like, oh my god, that's really sweet. Damien He's, actually has Damien grown up enough that he goodbye. said he said something sweet. He's saying goodbye, and I'm like, oh great, because I know in 12 pages something really bad. Is gonna <laughs> <laughs> look, look at the humanity on Damien Wayne. All of a sudden, he's really grown since he was that psychopath in the first few issues of Batman and Robin, and now, fuck. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact. That he's dead because I mean because Batman needs like the one outside of his outside of his parents which is beyond his control. Right. He needs the one that was completely within his control and his responsibility to to drive him, which which is what Jason Todd was, but now no longer is. Right. Damian Wayne now fills the role that Jason Todd once did. And these last few issues of Batman Inc. Four maybe five they haven't said specifically because originally it was supposed to be 12, a 12 issue run um but they haven't said specifically whether grant's ending it with 12 or 13 yet mm. because like action comics where he needed an extra issue very possible that he'll do that again um but these last few issues are going to be batman in his absolute darkest hour and he will be on a rampage 
and where he has always been very careful about balancing his need for vengeance versus full-on revenge, he's going to be out for revenge now. Yikes. That's... Uh, and I, I feel like they, they're already starting to <laughs> paint that beautifully with Batman and Robin 18, the silent issue, which was oh, also so a tearjerker. Good but Lord, those yeah. moments where he's he's sort of seeing these ghosts of Damien everywhere and these memories that he had yep. sliding down the pole and whatnot. He see, still sees him there and then, you know, flips a switch and then just goes into this violent rampage and just starts beating the shit out of just common street thugs. Every, yeah. Uh, is, is, a, is a beautiful... It's it's the best thing that can come from from this for, as far as as for me for the the writing of Batman is to see him go into this really really dark place. Oh, absolutely. And um it's it's going to put the Al Ghul family into a very different <clears throat> area than they have been because they've always been this kind of nebulous It's interesting. I kind of I'm going to very oddly compare them to Reverse Flash. When Reverse Flash first came back in time, his whole goal was to push Barry Allen to be a better hero. And he thought that by killing Barry's mom, he was the one leading him on the path to being a hero. He thought that all the torture he put him through, assembling the rogues, that this was all stuff that was going to make Barry Allen better as the Flash. And that was his ultimate goal, was he wanted Barry Allen to be the best hero ever. By being the worst villain ever. Right. Right. And Rachel Ghoul was always kind of that for Batman in a way, too. He was, you know, depending on your origin story, training him <laughs> in some way. Uh, but he's always been somewhat involved in his training in the early years. And he, his, his whole challenge, I, I loved the Rachel Ghoul that was really established by Batman the Animated Series. Yes. By Bruce Tim and, yes. and Paul Dini because... You know, there it was all just a series of tests and challenges. And all he was trying to do was go, look, I already know that you're the best in the world. I know that you can supplant me. You can take over. You can make the world better than I could ever hope to. And I'm pushing you to do that. So that's what Raish always did. Talia took it so much more personally. Yeah. And Talia just had... That one rejection, and she has Ugh, not let woman it go. scorned. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how her whole plan to basically use Damien as nothing but a tool to get Batman into the Algo family completely backfires. Um, Mother, call off your monster. Yeah, completely. <laughs> stop. Absolutely backfires. Where Damien embraces. Um, Bruce Wayne's uh, way embraces his teachings and his ethic and his morals yeah. and and completely turns on his mother and the years of, of League of Assassins training and Talia will not let that stand she would rather destroy her progeny and destroy Gotham in the process than to let, to let something she created be be, be twisted by, by Bruce's morals I guess in some weird way and i'll tell you this is no inside information or anything uh this is genuine speculation but i fear for dick grayson from from talia's point of view really because damien would never have embraced the the bat family's way of life if it wasn't for dick grayson i don't think damien would have ever become the the young man that he was starting to become if he had been under bruce's tutelage that entire time 
that yeah. year off of Bruce being lost in the time stream. Comics. Wait, 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 hold on. Is that, is that part of the, is that part of the fifty two continuity though? That's still there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Dick Grayson was Batman for a year. Got it. Um, or an. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Indeterminate amount of time. But he was Batman for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. With Damien as his Robin. Yeah. And uh, I don't... I, I, you take that out of the equation... And Damien never gets to this point. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, it, it, the, the only thing Grant really said is that every character that's been in Batman Inc. to this point, any of these international Batman, uh, anyone who's ever worn the cowl will appear in these last four issues, four or five issues. And, wow. And will be a major part of the events that, that take place. Why do you, wait, hold on, but what, just pure speculation, why do you think, it, Dick Grayson is, is going to be threatened at this point because he's the one that fucked up Talia's plan. I mean, Talia's plan was to throw Damien in here as this cog in Bruce's life, and, and oh, I see, I use see. him to you know to drive Bruce to the dark side rather than driving Damien to the light side. I and see. it was it was Nightwing. It was Dick Grayson. It that, was Grayson's mentorship that actually gave him a little humanity. Yeah, it wasn't. Like he resisted, he resisted all of Bruce's stuff. He was just, he was such a shit in those first few issues. Oh yeah, uh, but where he was originally going to die, he was he was oh. originally going to die in that first four issue arc of Batman and Son. He huh. was he was oh that's right. He was going to just be created, be there, die, and that was going to be it. And it was uh, it was the the illustrious editor who said, no, let's keep him around for a while and, and let's talk about it and. And Grant uh, decided to keep him around, and we had a few years. We had a few years yeah. with with the great Damian Wayne. So, do you think? So, all right. So, you're saying that the Grant Morrison has said, if, by if he has anything to say with say about it, there will be no Lazarus Pit writing him back in out. Yeah. No, He's, no clones. No, no clones. Because look. The, the the Leviathan clone. He promised he will directly take care of the Lazarus Pit and cloning questions immediately. In these next four issues. Yes, immediately. So his run ends at 12. And then, yeah, it, it's scheduled to run uh, or to does the book, at 12. Does it the might, book end at 12? It might end at 12 or 13. They they haven't given a, an exact time frame yet. Well, I don't think the book's going to end. I mean, but that story arc is going to end. It could. It could. The book could end. I mean, it's... Batman Inc. has never been written by anyone but Grant Morrison. Oh, true. And the and idea it, and it was, and it was fulfilled just the, for that one plot line. 
Right. The right. idea of this international coalition of Batman is something that, I mean, with with Death of the Family dovetailing into this, mm-hmm. where Batman ultimately says, while trying to defend his need for a family, he ultimately says, I'm still the only one I can fully trust. <laughs> yeah. It's just me. But I need them. But I can't actually trust them. And and he pushed them all away, and they all went away because of that. And then, you know, now if he has this massive personal failing, the most personal failing oh, sure. he's ever had. Sure. The, the, if you follow Batman, <laughs> chances <laughs> are he's going to push away that, the rest of that whole Batman Inc. crew. Well, but I mean, but then again, it's, it's not going to it's not going to be that difficult because the rest of the Batman family is kind of avoiding him. Like the plague right now, right? I mean, I kind of that was kind of one of my favorite parts of Death of the Family was at the very end. You saw the reaction shots of everybody when they saw when when Joker made him admit in front of all of them that he's the only one that he trusts, in spite of having all of these young people that have committed their lives to his cause. To watch after in the epilogue, everybody reacting to him, they're all like, "No, no, no, I'm I'm cool. I'm just gonna hang out by myself right now." They all had to kind of process that at the end. Yeah, even was was really kind of the most powerful moment of (laughs) the whole thing for me. Yeah, even even Dick, who is the most commutative with Bruce, right, is just sending him a text like, "Look, I'm good right now. I need I need to do a thing. I'll I'll talk to you later." Yeah, and Dick Dick has an interesting uh, turn of events here coming up in Nightwing now, where he's uh, Tony Zuko. He yeah. finds out that Tony Zuko is still alive, and he's running off to Chicago to, to hunt him down. So he's kind of going off on his own little revenge path now, too. And It's, he of it's course getting pretty is, intense in Nightwing right now. He, of course, is in, intensely depressed about losing Damien as well. Yeah. Uh, Tony Zuko is responsible for the death of his parents? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Just making sure that that was... Yes, that is still the case. Yeah, so that's that'll be interesting to see him. You mean it wasn't Tommy Lee Jones? Work out his. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy Lee Jones playing someone named Tony. Oh no, I guess it no. Wasn't. It was Tommy Lee Jones playing someone named Harvey. Dent. I blocked that movie uh, out. Okay. Anyway. Good. Wah, wah. wah wah. Okay. So, <laughs> so Batman, or rather, the Batman titles are in good hands at least for the short term. We'll see what happens when Grant Morrison uh, finally takes his leave of those titles. And see where that picks off. Well, um, the, really the just interesting, that one title. Right, right. Grant Grant has that one title. Um, we're going to see some very, very different directions for the rest of the Bat family, where Batman and Robin is going to start cycling through the other Bat family members. So it'll be Batman and uh, Red Hood, Batman and Red Robin, Batman and Nightwing, Batman and Catwoman. Oh, um, interesting. Batman and Batgirl. So for the next few months, it's going to have a different title every month and uh, continue to deal with some of the fallout and with what the changed relationship is now with Bruce and these other people. Now that he he had the death of the family events, he had the death of his son, the literal death of his son. Uh, so that book is still going to be one that's Hopefully we'll we'll stay on the the top Let, of people's wanna, read list. I, I mm. want to ask you a question. Here, oh dear, fella, he's putting on a serious face now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you for some of your own personal speculation slash some of your own insider info as much of as, as you can give. But first, I would like you to tell our audience, in case they're not familiar, in case they missed out on a few issues to set this up back in Detective maybe last year, who is Harper Rowe? 
So this is this that was and that was the detective. That wasn't in Batman. That wasn't detective, right? When Harper no, she was in Batman. It wasn't was Batman. Batman. Yeah, I thought it was in detective. Yeah. Anyway, but she was a character that was introduced last year for a moment and then kind of let go. And suddenly, <gasps> she's been reintroduced in there Batman this again. month. Weird. Yeah, let's talk about her. Who is Harper Rowe, Lucas? So here's something. Here's something <laughs> that has not appeared on Newsarama. <gasps> Wait, here's, is this is this is this the big? Here's here's something kind of kind of big. Oh shit! Should we should we whisper? When, when Harper Rowe was created, it was intended for her to be the next Robin. She is no longer the top con- candidate for the next Robin. And okay. in fact, I can pretty much say she she will not be the next Robin. Oh, oh. interesting. Huh. But she was created for that purpose. She was originally created for that purpose. It's pretty clear. I mean, you don't... Scott Snyder has now decided to do a year-long story set in the past, uh, Batman Year Zero. And oh. this is... It's meant to um, kind of clear up some of the timing of Batman's history in the New 52. Okay. So it's, it's an 11-issue story that starts in June... And that means he has no time or space or room to introduce Harper Rowe as the new Robin, and she will not be. She will so not it's, be so Robin. so even though even though she's now, well, will will, and, will we see and, her again? At and least? most likely, the new Robin, he or she will appear first in the pages of your favorite comic, Shaver, of Batman and Robin. Oh, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope that the new Robin appears. Which right. in a title called exactly. Batman and Robin makes a certain level of sense. Um, so I need to start like reading each issue with like fine tooth. And it comb, lets it lets uh, and and he or she has probably already appeared in comics. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch! Wait, hold on. Do you mean in the new Fifty Two continuity? In the new in the new Fifty Two, yes. God damn it! Um. <laughs> Wait, I got this. So, <laughs> Shafe is putting his thinking uh, hat on. Across, you know, Batman Inc., <laughs> Batman and Robin. Oh, uh, somewhere Batman, somewhere in. Well, in I those mean, Squire, Squire would just be Squire would be great, wouldn't she? No, Squire would not be great. I think I'd Squire actually, would be really interesting. Squire is a is a Squire is um, the British version of Robin. Basically, the British Robin, right? Um, Tonight, and who, I like, who also just died in Batman. Inc. Yes, I yeah. like her. I don't know if I like her enough to be a Robin. I've never actually seen her do anything other than like, you know, co-pilot <laughs> things. But I get you know. But you should I don't read know. the excellent Night and Squire miniseries by uh, Paul Cornell from oh, a couple okay. years back. All right. It's it's really funny and extremely fucking British. Oh. Like, <laughs> the, and 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 he completely acknowledges that and even includes. A page, the last page of every issue is just like a British glossary. Nice. That explains everything <laughs> that he said. And, and nice. some of these things are like three <laughs> columbs, like nine point um, five. I will I will def- I will definitely check it out. Um, but that out. that will make you like Squire a lot more. I think Squire would be interesting simply because, you know, they both lost their other half. Right. Uh, right. It, 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 would, it would complete some kind of symmetry. And there. she's fully trained. That's um, true. She's already part of the, the company. Right. Right. 
So yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems it'd be too an easy. interesting candidate. It, well, it seems too easy a choice, I guess, is I, my problem with it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Harper and, Rowe seems like too easy of a choice. And, and who knows if Squire will even survive? You know, <laughs> that's true. There right? are, yeah. Who there does are, know? There are at least four <laughs> issues left of Batman Inc. where. There are going to yeah. be more casualties. So, oh, at, at least at the very least, yeah. You know, I don't. I I liked the the setup that they were doing with this character of Harper O. I liked it when they did it back when I wasn't suspecting that they were setting up a new Robin. And I liked when she reappeared in Batman. Uh, this you know, month. it's but, it's interesting that Tim Drake has never actually gone by the name Robin in the New Fifty Two, isn't it? Hmm. He's sure always is, just been it? the red. He's well, always he, just been Red Robin. Well, I that mean, sure is interesting, isn't well, it? Well, hold on, hold on. Well. Like, well, and, you know what? If they did that, people were pretty I may upset. like I may like Tim Drake more. People were pretty upset when they found you know, out that Tim Drake He needs to be fleshed out more. He needs to have more Robin. of a personality. Gosh, maybe they could give him some more stage time. Yeah. <laughs> so bum, that'd be an bum, interesting bum. candidate. All right. So like, here's my. I just want to say my thing about Harper. Rowe, okay. Is that like I I like the setup that they were doing with it. I like the idea that they were kind of teasing me into thinking that there was going to be a a woman was going to be Robin. I like that idea a lot. Harper Rowe is going to have a place in the in the Batman family that's great. at some point. I, I think. didn't I, like. I guess I think I, that's still. I liked seeing her show up in Batman eighteen, but I didn't like it because I was like, it's too soon. I yeah. let him brood. Yeah. Let him be dark and violent for a year. Don't give us a new Robin so quickly because and, it's un- and not believable. And did you notice that she said that too? She yeah. said, "I know I'm not ready." Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm gonna keep working. He punched her through a fence. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, he, did. <laughs> he broke her nose. That was awesome. <laughs> to teach her a lesson. Even I was reading that on the train. I was like, God, Bruce, dude. <laughs> well, do you think a criminal is going to be any nicer? Come on. Well, it's a teenage true. girl, man. Oh, yeah. Like some, like some drug-addled uh, 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 gangbanger is going to be kinder. Uh, I just, I thought, I thought it was too soon. I was like, don't give us this yet. If you're going to kill off my favorite Robin... Well, like, give him some time to fall apart. Right. Like, for real. Yeah. I mean, he got to use, for years, he got to use Jason Todd as, like, an excuse for all of his, like, dark episodes. Right. And, well, they took that away. I don't want to even, I don't know if I've talked to you about my feelings about Jason Todd, but he should not be. Jason but Todd should have always remained this death in his he past. Has, he has the best resurrection story ever. No, there is no if such... Superboy Prime punched the walls of continuity. <laughs> Superboy Prime punched the walls there's, of continuity. I know. Look, there's no To such, bring back Jason Todd. There's... Somebody got paid to write that. I just want I just want someone to hear. So, somebody got paid to write that and then was promoted to chief creative officer of DC Entertainment. <laughs> oh. oh. Look, I just want to say, there's no such thing as best resurrection you, story. Jeff. That's like saying nicest racist. You know? <laughs> there's no reason he should have ever been back. There's no reason the Red Hood should exist. I don't like Jason Todd being around in this universe. It, it <laughs> makes me miserable. It makes me want my money back from 1987 when I was a kid and I called that 900 number and voted for him to die. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't be around. And if he is, he should be a skeleton. <laughs> he was in the ground for a long time. That, well, well sliding scale. Yeah. And... yeah. Um, all right. Fuck Lazarus Pitts and I'm out. <laughs> True. I, I, hate, I hate the fucking Lazarus Pits. Uh, all right, look. I think we've beat the whole Batman-Damien thing to death. Oh, no. I've got lots more. No, no. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. 
because there's so much more happening in the DC universe. Uh, there's so much more news. There's so much more stuff. I and know. Let's be fair. Nobody gives a shit about Superior Spider-Man. So let's keep this in the DC universe. Fuck yeah! Oh come on. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, what I meant was I don't give a shit. Right. Superior. Superior. Superior has been pretty good actually. Schaefer and I, I don't give a shit. We've just told you. Schaefer I, and I don't <laughs> give a shit. I, it, you can keep talking. We're gonna edit this out. It just. It just. Can't just go this on whole part is gonna be beat. It can't go on long. It can't go on long. You can't. You can't have freaking ghost <laughs> Peter Parker going, Oh, God, if only I could have taken control sooner. For some reason, I now read Ghost Peter Parker in Jerry Seinfeld's voice. <laughs> and I think you'll enjoy the book a lot more if you start doing that. I right, think. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. No, I'm not going to give Doc it a Hulk, shot. Doc what are you doing? <laughs> oh, right. come on. Mr. Siegel. You made me a promise about responsibility. Mr. Siegel, we're going we're to talk What's about... What's the deal with Otto killing people in my body? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna t- we're gonna move on from this. We're gonna talk about action comics. We're gonna talk about the the pending possible Ooh. shenanigans that are happening over at the DC offices. Um, we're gonna you have a DC Comics will now be named CF Comics. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. We're gonna talk about you brought with you today a major news bomb. Well, that you're gonna yeah, share with so... our li- you're gonna share with our listeners and nowhere else. So the only people gonna get this information are Epic Podcast. Well, the, the the first part of that was the, the major news bomb number one was that Harper Rowe is not gonna be Robin. Okay, okay. I, I suspected that was that was I suspected that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, that was major news bomb number two. Okay, no, you know it, it's the the situation currently. Um, we have had direct sources that wish to remain anonymous um you know so that they can continue working in the comic book industry fair enough uh that have had dealings with dc comics recently that are kind of scary for creators because creators are no longer really being asked to create there they're simply asked to be kind of typer monkeys is is actually what one of the one of the one of the people said that they are being asked to be typewriting monkeys and so, so they're being very guided along. Oh, I see. But the big problem is that they're they're being made to do work over and over again, and they're not being paid extra for that. And uh, that's a that's a scary thing in the comic book industry. The idea that now these writers are having their pitches approved, they're having an arc, a story arc approved, they're writing entire scripts, entire scripts worth of art are being done. And then they're being told from three levels up in editorial that they need to redo this and they need to change this. And it can be as much as uh, one one source said as many as 11 pages. That's more than half oh, of the 20-page uh, reading limit on, on most DC books right now. And so, I mean, we're, I, guess the, I guess my basic question is, is, is are, are these changes because, you know, the higher-ups have a particular direction they want these stories to go or or i mean are they following tr- like i mean well here, i mean here ob- is... obviously it's not like you know some sort of you know no i it, it, i i go i can only imagine that the they're, they're not edits like you know superboy can't you know swim underwater or whatever right you know i, I can only imagine that these are sweeping changes they're to the sweeping stories. changes to the stories they're specific Story beats the characters now have to have that are being thrown in after work is already done. And that's the big problem. Um, And it's, from what we're hearing, 
the lower tier editors, the editors, you know, the assistants and associates that are actually dealing directly with talent are frustrated as well because it's really hard for them yeah. to be told by their bosses and their bosses' bosses, okay, well, you need, you need to make this change happen with your talent. Go. Um, so it's, it's an interesting situation over there right now. Uh, hopefully it's something that can be fixed. And the two very public walk-offs, um, in the last week alone of Andy Diggle off of Action Comics, and then following that up with Tony Daniel, his artist, also leaving the book after three issues. He says that that was the plan, but when they initially announced them as the new team, they announced them as the new ongoing team. Yeah, they didn't so announce it, it for like weird. a limited right. run. They didn't yeah. say like Tony Daniel is only going to be on it. That's for three just years. diplomacy that he's using now because he doesn't want a bad he doesn't want a bad mouth on his way out. Right, right, and and he says that he's he's helping out on a <laughs> on a major book for DC uh, later on down the line in the summer, which is probably um, very possible that he'll be working on Trinity War, which is the big crossover, the first big crossover for New Fifty Two. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, uh, do you so think yeah, that... it's just it's just kind of a it, it's a it's a is it scary just, situation is it for just, creators. Uh, is it just a sense of just very sort of like overbearing micromanagement, essentially? Yeah, yeah, basically. And, you know, Rob Liefeld, uh, love him or hate him, he was the first one that brought this to light. And he was very honest about um, when he left. He was working on th- three books when he left, and he just completely dropped them. He had like three more issues solicited at that point, and he just dropped. And he walked away, and he said, I can't do this anymore. Wow. I can't keep rewriting and redrawing things over and over and over again not getting paid for it and and continue to do that it's not right for me it's obviously not what i'm doing isn't right for the characters according to dc comics so i need to leave right and that's pretty much what andy diggle said uh when he announced he was leaving action comics um that it's you know creative differences and uh his vision of of what he wants to do with Superman isn't what DC wants him to do with Superman right now. What? And then Josh Fielkov said the same thing with Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns. I mean, this is a guy that has really grinded in the indie world, and he had the the very critically acclaimed I Vampire that didn't sell very well. They kept it going for quite a while. DC seemed to really like him, and they wanted to keep it going, Critics and they wanted it. to to keep him around. And uh, he gets this major assignment of two of the Green Lantern books and and leaves before issue one's even written. So it's um, it's an interesting situation. It's something that people need to talk about. Uh, it, it can't, you know, and this is, uh, again, something that Rob uh, brought up online on Twitter. He, he just said, you know, this is not a normal thing. This is not a, a business-as-usual situation. And people just aren't talking about it. People are accepting it as if it is a business as usual. And it can't be um, because ultimately it will start to reflect. It'll start to reflect in sales. And then when those sales go down, you know, the writers and artists that do put up with all this are going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and they'll be basically getting fired for putting up with with this well, mentality and this and where do you think this is situation. coming from i mean obviously i mean is it coming from it's the difficult from the straight from the top or is it just somewhere in the like I, where are these calls being made and i think i think the problem right now is that you have several people that are at the top 
So there are several people right now that could be considered at the top of DC Comics or DC Entertainment. I see. And you have Diane Nelson, who's the actual president. Got it. And who's having to work directly with Warner Brothers. And you have Jeff Johns, who's the chief creative officer, writing three comics a month, also working with all of DC's properties in video games, animation, and live action. Oh, good gravy. So he's he's doing like six jobs right now. And then you've got Jim Lee and Dan DiDio as co-publishers trying to figure out how they can continue to move the DC universe forward in a way that makes it more attractive to DC Entertainment and to Warner Brothers. Right. And then you've got Bob Harris as editor-in-chief trying to actually (laughs) control the day-to-day. And you have Bobby Chase as executive editor trying to actually keep the stories intact and coherent and and, coherent yeah and then you've got five group editors and you've got 15 associate and assistant editors and then you've got the writers and artists that are actually trying to create these these monthly enjoyable stories so it's so do you think you think it's coming from warner brothers corporate (laughs) that's a lot or is it coming from like ms nelson and, or, and that's kind of the question, and, and nobody can seem to figure it out right now. And mm-hmm. that's something that we're, we're personally trying to do some digging on and trying to figure out. Right. And I think, I think it really is... At the end of the day, who has the call? Like, who has the final say in what goes on there? That's a wonderful question. Good mm-hmm. gravy. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, yeah because, you know, and, and, and I think that everybody has uh the absolute best of intentions right now as well, well which yeah. is which is something that uh, uh even the the creators that spoke to us anonymously said everyone seems like they have the best of intentions and they're trying to align things properly and they're they're they are working with the corporate structure and they are working with trying to make things more appealing for the mass audiences so that we can tie them into you know i mean what is Warner doing with these properties right now? They have Not Man much. of Steel coming out. Well, yeah, and, and, that's, and there's, there's, new, there's new speculation about how they're going to screw up a Justice League movie on the internet every day. <laughs> every day. There's, yeah. a, there's, well, a, there's, a new, there's a new writer attached to it, a new director, a new, a new plan attached to it of how they're going to unleash these movies. Yeah. And, it, and, and then every day there's a new plan announced. Every day I heard they're a just going to do the Justice League down. Farm League now. <laughs> We're going to have Green Lamprey. <laughs> well, I mean, other that project's than, never going to get made. Other than if it keeps well, if it keeps continuing the way it has the past three years, there was a script once for a Justice League movie. There yeah. have been four There's scripts been for a Justice scripts, League yeah. movie. All right, and that's like inside of just the last decade. There in the past in the past month, there was in, talk that like. They were going to, like, put it in Chris Nolan's hands. They were going to have him, like, oversee the whole, like, Justice League right. project. But no, I, I, nobody I believes that, I right? can't imagine he would He would even... I mean, he is he is producing he loved, the Zack Snyder. He Superman. loved working with Zack Snyder on, on Man of Steel. I think if, if you get the two of them together and then you get Nolan's writing team of his brother and uh, David Goyer, if you got them all involved and... and you just sat all of them down and said, all right, you tell me what what would make a good Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do it. Um, and I think that that is something that – I think that rumor definitely stemmed from some level of truth in that it's definitely something that, like, the corporate structure – and if not even the corporate stru- structure, then, like, the DC Entertainment guys, the guys like Jeff mm-hmm. Johns – and and Diane Nelson yeah. are probably definitely going like okay well let's see uh, 
we we have one guy that's done things really well for us. That's uh, <laughs> Chris Nolan. So, um, and he has this really great creative team that he works really well with on tons of award-winning major blockbuster <laughs> yes, movies. Yes. Maybe if we can bring them all together. So we'll see. Uh, it's it's disappointing though, man. We, I mean, just just think about things like we're we're literally. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm super excited about the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> oh, dear. We are going to see fucking Rocket Raccoon and Groot on the big screen before Wonder Woman. Yes, that's that. There's really no excuse for that. I, I have I I can't agree enough. A, a standalone Wonder Woman movie is a, should have been out years ago. A talking raccoon and a giant talking tree that can yeah. only say "I am Groot." Isn't there a carrot in there too? Will be. Oh no, you're 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 thinking that's dc that's, oh right right, right. Yeah. never mind no. captain carrot is captain DC. Carrot, yeah. he's in threshold right now <laughs> of course he is <laughs> but yeah right. it's just it's almost like the guardians <laughs> of the galaxy picture is is marvel just thumbing their nose at warner brothers and being like really because we'll get th- we'll get this out and we will make money off of this and you guys will still be dicking around with trying to figure out how to make flash and wonder woman work together in a picture i don't get it it's... I don't get it. And here's the, here's the thing about DC. DC is at probably the at any at no other point in history are they capable of just writing a check to any goddamn success they want right now, you know. And they're just they just seem to be fumbling over themselves trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. That no one's like, no one's taking the initiative to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And well, in, in addition to those four Justice League scripts, there have been at least detailed treatments of. Flash, Shazam, Wonder Woman, um, Martian Manhunter, Lobo, actually. Lobo. Oh, I, Lobo, I heard Lobo about Lobo Project. Holy crap! Yeah. So there, there have been all these treatments, and and they're, I mean, they're done. Like they can they can tap somebody and go, here's the treatment, write a script, yeah, and and they're just not, and it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating as a fan, and you know, to see the way that Marvel Studios built themselves up and they built themselves up off of iron man people nobody gave a fuck about iron man 10 years ago yep nobody i didn't and and if you can do that with iron man (laughs) on one side of the fence how can you not make an amazing wonder woman movie like how how what i don't get it Everybody knows who Wonder Woman is. Everybody wants a Wonder Woman movie. Right. I do. I totally do. Um, I think... But hey, uh, movies starring, uh, especially action movies starring females don't make any money. Hunger Games. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) Right. (sighs) Oh, well. Um, uh, you got any um, before we uh, before we wrap this up? Do you have any, uh, anything else that you can drop on us that will get you fired? Any uh, like give oh. us give us three big. You don't have to give us three. Just give us something that three big things that you don't can't you talk get, about. You're so go. greedy, Lugo. Give us three, three big, big things, things you can't, can't talk, talk about. about. Yeah, go. I, I feel like he's already given us one thing. He probably shouldn't have talked about. But well, no, I mean, well, you know, no, it's, it's all I'm doing is reporting other people's words. None of those words my were my own. <laughs> right. Oh, and also, this is what you've told us is entirely off the record. Oh, great. Right. Oh, perfect. No one no one listens to this show, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so true. Oh man. There's gonna be five really knowledgeable nerds out there though. Yeah, but those are loyal five. They're not gonna say anything to anyone. <laughs> um 
Give us the, give us some scoops. Give us some uh, some major scoops. The new Star Wars animated series is much further along than people think. Oh, oh they've kept that shrouded under secrecy. Because um, I heard Clone Wars is ending. Yes. Uh, in addition, maybe related, maybe not, but Dave Filoni, the, the supervising director of Clone Wars, is still working for Lucasfilm. Oh, that's great. Interesting. Um, what do you know about this new so animated those are, series? Those are some. Those are some fun little things. Uh, do you know where this? Uh, in what point in the timeline this new animated series might take place? Oh, you're struggling with this. I can see it on your face, Siegel. <laughs> the main reason why Clone Wars ceased production is to streamline the message and focus people on Episode Seven. Gotcha. Got it. Say got no it. more. Got Say it. no more. Got, got it. it. Done. Done. Oh my Zo. god! I just got really excited. I got chills a little bit. <laughs> um, <I did> too. <laughs> but right. yeah, the uh, there there are like uh, as many as I think somewhere in the realm of fifteen to eighteen episodes of Clone Wars that have been either completely finished or almost completely finished. So those will still get to the fans somehow. Right. They don't know whether they're going to start airing them as like three episodes altogether as TV movies, just Mm. airing the arcs together. Mm -hmm. Um, They're exploring that. They're exploring putting them up on the web, doing just digital download, doing direct to DVD or Blu-ray. Oh, wow. Um, They're exploring everything, but they, they are absolutely determined. Lucasfilm is 100% determined and uh, and are going to get those last episodes out Good. to people. Good. I'm just going to shelve them. Um, there's one arc in particular that will explore the origins of Order 66 oh. and will show how the clones were kind of tested a little bit before actual Order 66 went down to make sure that it worked. And then... Uh, Hopefully that will also give us a, a, a satisfying conclusion to uh, Captain Rex's story. There we go. Because Captain yeah. Rex is no longer with the 501st in Episode 3. So there's some reason why is it, he for got, that. He's, he's got a glitch. He was the other question mark along with Ahsoka. And they, they finished Ahsoka Tano's story uh, with the, the season finale of, of sure. Season 5. Sure, sure. and. So it'll be it'll be interesting, but those episodes are still coming. They okay. will they will almost, make it out almost somehow. an entire season of episodes is still on the way somehow. Fantastic, awesome. good to know. What else? Um, what else you got? Oh boy, what other lovely stuff can I not talk about? I'm trying to think of anything. Oh man, Ooh. there's a there's a huge one for gamers <clears throat> that. I literally can't even hint about. I'm going to be such a dick right now. Just be like, holy shit. Guys, I know this really, really, really amazing All right, we'll tell you. Okay, well, what's the, what, can, you, can you name the company? Um, like, who, like who to watch for? Who, can we, who do we need to look towards? Here, here's an alternative. When we, when, we, when we hit pause here, before we go to the last segment, can you tell us? So that way when we come back from the, the break there before we do the closing, we can both go, whoa, my God, you guys, you have no idea. Well, tell you what, which which video game company do we need to look for towards in the coming like months or year? Um, a company. Okay, what, how about this? What, what, two, two companies. What video game franchise a, do we need to be? Looking? It's a it's a video game company team up that oh. you're not expecting. Oh my god! And it's amazing, Is it like, like huge, Valve crazy and, news. And yeah, it's Double? probably going to be Halo and Portal, right? Um, and then. <laughs> 
here here's here's number three that I'll tease okay. for you. Uh, DC's Injustice: Gods Among Us. Um, one of the two remaining characters that has not been revealed yet. Oh, has actually been revealed. Uh, in kind of a, a stealthy manner. Was it via the, <laughs> is it is it via the comic book? That's all I'm saying. Oh, all you bastard! You're constantly giving us these scavenger <laughs> those, hunts, and I gotta go back two, and start actually, like digging through stuff and looking. One for of these the clues. two of the initial roster left. Uh, I, can only, I can only imagine it's been teased in the comic book. The DLC is gonna be fucking awesome for that game too. Nice. It's not just characters; it's also new special missions that are all based off of. Like the best comic book uh, arcs that you can think of. Wait, isn't this a fighting game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but the story is so really, still, it's still really well it's integrated. Still a story-driven for, it, fighting game. It okay. really is. Is it, is it Batmite? What What you do in the game, in the story mode of the game, you actually it'll take you through different characters. So you'll play as one character for twenty minutes, basically, you know, through a few fights, and in between the fights, there's no victory screen. There's no rounds that are actually showing up on the screen or anything. And then in between the fights, there's a short movie that takes you into the next fight and okay. and, and actually like pulls it together with the story. It, I, I really think that this is going to be the first successfully story-driven fighting game ever. Wow. Huh. And, and it's from what I've seen in the story so far, I've only seen about the first half hour, uh, but it's awesome. It's it's really really cool. All right, things to look forward to. I know this guy will be playing it. I'll probably get it just so that we have a game that we can play together. Yup. There isn't a lot of local co-op left. Harley Harley Quinn's a hero in that universe. Well, she she kind of is is now. Straight straight up hero, I guess. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Lucas Siegel. Thank yeah. you so much for dropping by, man. It's have, been a fucking treat. Have fun searching all over the internet in your long boxes now. That's what I'm doing as soon as you leave. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you, guys. It's fun. Once again, we would like to thank Lucas Siegel of Newsarama.com for being our guest on the podcast this month. <laughs> I fucking love Lucas Siegel. I, every time he comes here, he makes my heart so happy and I get so damn frustrated at the same time. Right. He brings us gifts of secrets. <clears throat> And you guys, there are the gifts of secrets that he gives us after we stop recording that we yeah, can't share with you. We we heard we heard a major secret that we are not allowed to talk about, and it is killing me. I I know. <laughs> I, it's, it, look, it's it's killing me too. We always ask him. We're like, hey, Lucas, maybe you could come on. Maybe you could talk about Batman stuff. Yeah, all right, guys, I'll come on and talk about Batman stuff. Then he comes on here and he tells us stuff that we're not supposed to know. Right, right. Stuff that you're not supposed to know. Well, technically, stuff he's not supposed to know, but because he's such an insider. He is the site editor of Newsarama.com. Yeah, but, like, it's all off the record when he's being talked to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn him. I love him so much. Well, Lugo, what do you say we do the plugs and we get out of here? But first, yes. I feel like we have to address, I, I feel like at the end of last month's episode when we had the haiku contest, Yes. which uh, again, congratulations to C. Muldrow who won the haiku C. contest. C. Muldrow made out month. like a bandit. Uh, and also had her prizes hand delivered to her at South by Southwest this I month. know. And she got to sing a song with you on stage. On her birthday. That Dude, that is like epic. Yeah. Uh, C. Muldrow was at the uh, my showcase at South by Southwest this month. My show with Adam Warrock. Yeah. And Jesse Dangerously and Dual Core. And Backburner Crew. Backburner Crew and Front and Lars, all those guys. Uh, and she was at the show and it was her birthday. And so she joined me on stage. 
Uh, she's also a very gifted singer, and she sang Thunder Thief with me, and it was delightful. Yeah, there's a video of it online that you can peruse if, you, if you're so inquired. And if you know how to use YouTube, you can find it. <laughs> anyway, um, so, but at the end of last month, you also, since you just love throwing contests out now. I do. I love contests. You announced that there would be a contest, and I believe the rules of this contest, it wasn't write a haiku. It was just send us an email. No, no. It was actually more specific than that. It was like, you have to go like our Facebook page, the Epic Win Facebook page. Uh, excuse me. Or follow us at Epic Win on Twitter. And uh, you're automatically entered. But if you already followed us and liked us, you just have to like uh, write a message saying that I listened to the podcast. That was it. I don't remember those being the. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's it. but here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. Um, I've been in the hospital for most of March. With, and... He's had lupus. <laughs> it's never lupus. I watch House. Um, it's uh, uh, and so I have had zero opportunity to add any names, make any lists, check anything whatsoever. So tell you what, the, that contest is closed. So if you've already sent me a message or liked us or followed us on, the, on social networks, then you are still in the running for the contest. I just haven't had the time to really kind of parse that out. So if you can bear with me one more month, we will announce a winner at the very next podcast. And you, but you will keep track of all of those who yes. followed and yes. emailed you. And yes. So, so, so the contest is now closed, so you can't enter anymore. So anybody who you has, just got to wait a month. You just got to wait a month. For and the what result. are we going to do? We're going to put names in a hat again. Yeah, okay. yeah. We'll put we'll we'll put all the names in a hat, and we'll draw one name. And uh, it's going to be a, uh, uh, as big a prize pack as I can as I can find and afford. <laughs> you know, um, if you like digital comics. I'll send you digital comics. If you like if you like swag, we'll send you swag. You tell us what you want and I will try and make it happen. Can we send him an empty chemo bag and will you sign it? <laughs> will the doctor let you take one of those with you? No. No, no one's allowed to touch those actually. Oh crap. The, the the size of the gloves that they wear for that crap is is like mad doctor glove type thickness. All right, then we won't well, they are doctors. No, like mad doctor. Like, oh, like mad yeah, doctor. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like, mad like in scientist. a castle and lightning and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like Frankenstein monsters. All right. Well, we'll. All right. So, so no new contest this month. If you entered last month, uh, you can wait another month because yeah, um, be patient. Because I have cancer. Life is precious. <coughs> so let's do some plugs. Yes. Let's. Uh, let me look at my calendar here. Let's see what I can. What I have coming up that uh, I, I need to plug to the audience. Sure. Oh, oh, here's something. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I know what it is, and it makes me uncomfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday, April 3rd, uh, which, 2013, yeah, we're going to present a show at the Tank Theater in New York City, and it is going to be a benefit show oh, dear. for Nelson Lugo. Look, we've talked about the <sighs> physical toll that this process has taken on him, as well as yeah. a psychological toll, yeah. but there is a tremendous financial toll. Yeah. Uh, these chemo treatments are not cheap, and nor was his 20-day hospital stay. So a number of uh, Lugo's favorite performers are getting together, and we're going to put on a show, and uh, all ticket sales are going to go to Nelson Lugo. The Tank Theater is going to forego their cut. The performers are working for free. We have other performers offering prizes for our raffle, and it's all just to raise some money to take a little bit of a dent out of Lugo's uh, hospital bills. For, so, for the record, I am absolutely uncomfortable with every aspect of this production. Right. And again, nobody cares what Lugo wants. This is, 
<laughs> we're doing this for you. We're not doing this with you. Yeah, obviously. Um, obviously. But, and also, for those of you who do not live in New York City and cannot attend the show on Wednesday, April 3rd, there will be an online donation link added eventually. It should be added in the next week or so. Uh, I've got to coordinate with the people from the Tank Theater who are helping me with the show, but it'll be up. Um, I will announce it all over social media, so you'll see it. So if you would like to give to the cause, that would be great. Uh, Otherwise, we have a stellar show on April 3rd with Foxy Vermouth, Femme Appeal, Rita Menweep, Topher Bousquet, Francine the Lucid Dream, Amelia Bearparts, Peter Aguero, Boo Bess, Magdalena Fox, B.B. Hart, Two Stage Kittens, Sherry Cole and Charles Stunning, and the whole event will be hosted by both Bastard Keith and myself. My name is Schaefer the Dark Lord. And uh, I will, I guess I'll, I'll be in attendance. Um, I'll buy a ticket like everybody you, else. No, you will not buy a ticket. <laughs> what else you got to plug this month? You got a lot of stuff, Luke. Um, well, we actually have uh, uh, three epic win shows this month. Um, we have on April 6th. What do you mean three? Three. We have three epic win oh, shows. Oh, one's a double feature? Yeah. All right. All right. There are three shows. All right, fine. Uh, the first show is on April 6th, Saturday, April 6th at, uh, at our bar, NYC. And that is the new nerd review, the best and the brightest of the freshest crop of burlesquers coming to shake their nerdy wares in front of all the audiences ever. Um, so come on out, support uh, some of the new uh, performers, and uh, you get to see the, 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 the new kids on the block, so to speak. Um, the night before that, on Friday, April 5th, I will be performing at Mercury Lounge oh, in Manhattan, sweet. New York City. I will be performing... With Kudzu and the Faggettes. Really? Those of you who listen to the podcast will know that Kudzu is the band of Dr. Eviler, my ex-wife, who was our guest on the podcast last month. Wait, so you're opening for them? Uh, I believe so. I don't think we've worked out the the actual order yet, Uh but uh, and there may be another band. I'm not sure the details. She just asked me a couple of days ago. But if you want to come and see me and Dr. Eviler grace the same stage and maybe have a knife fight over tequila shots after the show <laughs> come on down to the mercury lounge on friday april 5th dude you know what if i'm well enough i'm totally going to that um on uh, what is this on april 13th we that's have, a saturday that's a saturday at the new york poets cafe we have our monthly double feature first on the block is harry potter if you want to get all of your wands and brooms and boobs in the same stage then this is the show for you for all you potterheads out there uh the second show and that's gonna be at 7 p.m uh the second show is going to be twilight zone and alfred hitchcock it's gonna be a cult tv show with all of your favorite uh episodes coming to life and getting naked the night before that, Friday, April 12th, at the Tank Theater, Mary Sin will be presenting her Shakespeare burlesque show. Oh, that's right. I make note of this because I will be performing in it. Awesome. You, you're going to be uh, waxing the bard, as they say? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a ba- it's not a masturbation euphemism. Oh, terrific. Then I will not be doing that. I will be reciting a scene from uh, Macbeth and trying my... Damnedest not to say Macbeth on stage so that the theater kids don't cry. Oh, dear. On Saturday, April 20th, uh, our stage kittens in the uh, Nelson Lugo Benefit Show, Sherry Cola and Charles Stunning, uh-huh. they will be presenting. They are a, a burgeoning new production company themselves. Oh, that's right. That's right. Honey Badger Burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a circus-themed show in Long Island City, which is really basically Astoria. It's just a neighboring yeah. uh, neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, 
and I will be guest hosting their maiden voyage. That's going to be a good time. It's going to uh, be a good time. I, li- I like those ladies a lot. They're a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. Um, there's another one in here. Oh, my God. On Thursday, April 25th, which I guess is the day our next episode will air, I will oh. be performing at the Bitter End in Manhattan. I will be performing with Brandon Patton. He's the bass player of MC Frontal Last <gasps> Band. Brandon! Doing, doing I, used to play, I used to play Magic the Gathering with Lugo him. And, Lugo and Brandon used to play Magic the Gathering together. Back, back in the day. Uh, 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 Gabriel Sturbins. Who? who? She is one of the vocalists of Weedus. <gasps> she will be performing some of her solo material. Wonderful. I will be performing my set. Whoa! And headlining the show, an all-acoustic set from Weedus. An acoustic Weedus? An acoustic Weedus set. Brendan B. Brown of Weedus will be there with his acoustic guitar. We can assume he will probably perform Teenage Dirtbag. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, well, as well as dozens of his other awesome that's songs. Actually be, that, that would be fun. I'm going I'm, I'm to try and make it out to that. Last but not least, on Saturday, April 27th, I will be returning to the Parkside Lounge in Manhattan. Oh, sweet. To host our friend Francine, who produces the David Lynch theme burlesque yes, show. She's yes, done yes. another number of Twin Peaks shows. She uh, did a Blue Velvet show. She lot. did a Mulholland Drive show. She did a, a Lost Highway show. She did a Wild at Heart show. Well, on April 27th, she's going to satisfy those dreams of dozens by finally producing, <laughs> I kid you not, a Dune-themed burlesque show. She's insane. She is. I will be hosting that, and I can guarantee you the spice will flow. Dude, I will pay you all the monies from the benefit if you wear a still suit. If you make a still suit. If all the monies from the benefit yeah. could probably buy me it. I would wear one if I could afford it, but I've done, <laughs> looked at some tutorials online. They're expensive to make. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm actually going to make a doctor's uniform and oh. then do my hair orange, my eyebrows orange, and I will be a doctor from House Harkonnen. Uh, oh, nice. Yes. You know those, all those jerks. Yeah, all those a I think I'm going to be a doctor from House Harkonnen. Uh, very And cool. I will spend the duration of the show trying to understand what Dune is about. <laughs> you and everybody Look, else. I didn't read the book. I've seen the movie. But since her burlesque shows are based on David Lynch films, I right. feel like it's. I'm not going to go and read the book. No, 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 no. I have to use yes. only what David Lynch has given me, yes, you which can only... is a nightmare. A whole lot of confusing mess, basically. So that's a lot of opportunities to come and see. That's uh, a lot of See stuff me on stage and come month. and see Lugo hanging out. Lugo will, if, if his health is up to snuff, he yeah. will be hosting the new Nerd Review. Uh, if it's up to snuff, yes. Uh, and he will definitely be at the benefit show, right? Yes, okay. either either by uh, whether my by my own power or wheelchair power, Look, I lot, will be there. It's a lot of shows to plug, but really the important one is Wednesday, April third. Please, if you are in New York City, please come out. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, and if you're and and if, and if you don't go, you know what? I still love you. It's okay. It's all right. I, I you know all of this makes me uncomfortable anyway. So, uh, just send me a nice uh, get well card. That'd be nice. Really, it's. <laughs> Just a just nice get well card, you'll be all right. All right, cool. Well, you heard it from Lugo himself. <laughs> well, I think that's it. I think that that's uh, uh, that's a wrap. That's a, that's a damn good episode. I had a really good time tonight. I think we should sit here. We should spend another five minutes to talk about how great we are at running our awesome podcast. I no no. Now you want to do that? I'm done. I got I got. I have cancer. And uh, I'm going to go uh, rest now. Uh, I've got a refrigerator full of Crusher brownies, so I've got things to do too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode eight of the Epic Piecast. My name is Nelson Lugo. And my name is Schaefer the Dark Lord. Be safe, Internet. Bye. Yeah.
The Epic Podcast is brought to you by Nerdy Show. All programming on the Nerdy Show Network is listener-supported. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can show your support by telling a friend or going to nerdyshow.com and clicking the support button. Even a small contribution gets you cool nerdy perks and allows you to take part in our monthly support drive contests. For more episodes of the Epic Podcasts, videos, contests, and other nerdy programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Subscribe to all our latest episodes via the iTunes Store. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter at Nerdy Show to keep up to date on the latest Nerdy Show news. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.